Our feature interview this week is with one of the very best talents on the Irish mountains at the moment. He's prepared to put in the hard work and he has his sights set on becoming the very best that he can be. Winner of 10 Imre races this year and as you're about to hear, a few of the surprise wins too. Ender Cloak, welcome to the show. And it's a real treat to have one of the big guns with us on the show this week. One of the favourites for the 46 kilometres of Eco Trail Wicklow. So I suppose to kick things off, and how how does the, the final week of a big race like Eco Trail look and feel for somebody like yourself, aiming to be, I'm sure, on the podium right up there at the business end of things on Saturday afternoon. Um, how is the body feeling and how is the last week shaping up? Uh, first of all, Owen, thanks so much for having me. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure. Big uh, big fan of the show, so thanks so much for having me. The last, oh, no, uh, the last few days we up to the race, I suppose, would, um mostly about recovering and just trying to keep fresh. And uh, body is body's kind of sore this time of the year like i'm after i've had i've had two marathons now on the road the last two weeks so i had i had kilkenny on saturday i did the full back there i did the full 42 um i ran i ran a 238 in kilkenny and then two weeks previous in dingle um i got a late entry so i said i'd kind of do it for the crack really and i i got a 235 there so um body's kind of sore. I haven't haven't been able to kind of do a whole lot now the last last two weeks just with the racing. So um it's mostly recovery based, I'd say, from from now until Saturday. Yeah. And, and let me just back up there and for a second, because that has just thrown my my uh my pre-prepared notes just out of the window. Cause I was trying to just do a bit of research just on you before the interview, and when I was Googling your name. Those two marathons just didn't come up on Mr. Google. So I totally missed those two results. So apologies about that. So let's just back up two weeks ago, Dingle half marathon and 2.35. And then did you, I presume that must have been up there right up the top end of the results in Kilkenny as well. Was that up on the podium in Kilkenny? Yeah, yeah. Both of them, both of them actually were. They're, they're two very different races. Like on uh, Monday evening, I think maybe Tuesday morning, I got a text from a colleague he said his father can't make dingle so he has a number if you want to take it then i can so i said absolutely i will so um seth my partner went down for the for the weekend and i didn't have any great expectations to be honest i hadn't, hadn't seen the course in dingle i didn't really know what it, what it was like but i had a i had an idea it'd be fairly fairly hilly which would probably suit me to be honest so i kind of went out with the fellow who was leading and it was it was strange because there was a half and a full marathon starting at the same time on the same start line. So I thought the fella I was running with was doing a half. So I was I was checking the watch and we were we were clocking like three forties. I said, Granny's he's probably on for like a one one seventeen or one eighteen. Then after about five K I was chatting to him and he said he's in the full. And then we we kind of had set out our stall then for kind of two thirty five pace. So we said we'd we kind of get as close to that as we can. So it went right down to the wire. It was only it was only the last 200 yards, I'd say, when I was just able to pull away from Vivian, Vivian Foley, I think it was, and just bent him by three seconds. So he really pushed me to the wire. And, and this was in Dingle, was it? This was the first marathon? Yeah, that was, that was oh. Dingle. That was um, 
Wow. That was that was that was two weeks ago. And I had I had already signed up for Kilkenny as well. Um I signed up weeks ago. And that was on that was on Saturday. So I had to do two of them in two weeks. Um, wow. And and I mean from from a coaching point of view, from a performance point of view, I know often in the world of trail running and mountain running, we can get away with maybe multiple ultra races over the course of the year, as opposed to, to road runners who kind of maximum might do at a push two, two road marathons over 12 months. But you've done two now in two weeks and, and you won Dingle and you got the win in Kilkenny then as well. Yeah, I, I got the win in Kilkenny as well. I ran I ran two thirty eight, but like that was that was on my own and it was probably a an easier course to be honest. The weather was good, like it was it was cool, so you didn't need to hydrate too much. Um and it had a had a nice crisp feel to the air, but there there was nobody kind of nobody to push me. So it was it was hard to try and break two thirty five, whereas in Dingla I had Vivian to push me right to the line. So um I was it wasn't as hard an effort in Kilkenny as it was in Dingle, so I'm not sure. Well, well listen, it's still it's still 26 miles on the road and 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 just talk to me about the 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 the, the rationale behind that because most people would just break down with two road marathons like that back to back and competitive road marathons as well. I know you were saying in, in, in Kilkenny you didn't have anybody to push it. But you still had to run, you know, a very swift pace on the roads over 26 miles. So is it and just that you just have this natural ability to take punishment? Because you've had an incredible racing season. And I was going to go into that later on. And apologies again, I'm going to get onto the Google algorithms because <laughs> when I was typing your name a couple of times today, those results just didn't come up. So I'll have to check that one out again. Um, but apologies about that. But what did come up, Edna, was was all those um, fantastic wins that you've had on the mountains, 10 wins out of 15 in the Imre calendar. So is it just that you have a natural ability to be able to handle these big races? Because I don't know if you've had much um, of a history with injuries over the years, or certainly not this year, but it sounds of it, you're just knocking them all out of the park. Yeah, it's, uh, I think there could be a couple, a couple of factors that would contribute to it. So I'm, touch wood, absolutely blessed. I've had no injuries at all, nothing major really since, since I started, um, I did I did twelve years of martial arts when I was younger. I started when I was five and I went up to seventeen. So, I think my my joints and my muscles and tendons are kind of conditioned from from twelve years of that. Like I'm quite flexible and fairly fairly mobile. I've, I've never had any kind of niggles and kind of overuse injuries. So, I think that that would probably probably help in the long term. And then I suppose. From a job like I'm, I'm working in the, the Air Corps at the moment. I'm based down in the car camp. I'm training the class of the '98 class down there. So a lot of the job would be walking with weight and on navigation exercises in the hills. So I suppose when you're when you're doing stuff like that on a fairly regular basis, you kind of build up a tolerance to it after a while. So joints yeah. are joints are fairly strong, and you know tendons are strong. So I don't pick up a huge number of injuries but there probably is you know a small case of just being pig ignorant and just being able to suck it up and just 
keep on cracking on when when things are getting tough. And well, I mean, I think most of us would love to be able to race so often, to perform so well so often, but just most of us mere mortals can't end it you know and there, there was one thing that really struck me there apart from the day job where you're just you know you're you're working hard every day you're you're building muscle and strength every day you're building endurance every day on, on top of the running training that you do as well but what really struck me what you said was and um, that you have 12 years of martial arts training and i'm sure that has a massive impact on your injury prevention. I remember listening to the Real Science of Sport podcast by the world-renowned sports scientist, um, Professor Ross Tucker. And he was saying that if he could recommend to parents of a sport to do for kids, it would be gymnastics in terms of just setting their body up for future success as an adult because of the flexibility and strength that they would get from gymnastics. And I think actually martial arts and karate, I did Kempo Karate when I was younger for a couple of years as well. And I think the strength and the flexibility you get from 12 years of a sport like that will just set you up for a lifetime as well. And you can see the results there. and It's incredible. Yeah, and it's it's probably easier for me to keep it topped up as opposed to starting from the beginning, you know. So I set myself a challenge a few months ago trying to do the front splits by the end of the year. So um, starting, starting off with a bit of a base definitely helped. And having a small kind of challenge like that to kind of get you up and do a couple of minutes every day just to have something kind of knocking away as a, as a challenge definitely helped. And I'm, I'm kind of blessed, like, hamstrings haven't had any major issues and Achilles haven't had any major issues and hip flexors are usually okay so I think I'm fairly blessed in that regard yeah and I suppose we found out about the two marathons when I asked you about um how was the week shaping up for eco trail and I presume like the competitive beast that you are you'll be going out to try and certainly podium and certainly try and win the 46k at the weekend in eco trail and so what's what recovery strategies are you using that say our listeners can maybe learn from and use themselves to help you recover from them? Most people won't have two road marathons in their back pocket over the last month, but what type of things are you doing recovery wise then just to help get you ready for the 46 K on Saturday? Um, it's, it's probably stuff that anyone really can do. Like there's just a lot of, um, a lot of stretching, a lot of, a lot of foam rolling, um, a bit of kind of working a tennis ball into any kind of hard places and I'd usually do it after after a little shuffle or a few cave run just when you kind of get warm um I'd usually stop like I would I would very rarely go for a run without stopping I'd always stop after maybe 15-20 minutes and just stretch and do a bit of mobility work and anything that's kind of tight I would stretch out then so it's it's primarily stretching uh, a bit of foam rolling. I was in a sauna today, um, and kind of alternating between the sauna, cold showers, and the steam room. And after then, I had a bit of a bit of a stretching session. Felt a small bit better. And then I suppose hydrating, uh, sleeping, keeping your your fueling up. Like that's that's one of the things that I learned this year when I went into ultras. Is um, most of the time when I've hit a wall towards the end of a race it's nothing to do with fitness it's always to do with the prep so my my first ultra was Morris Mullins and absolutely flying it had no issue feeling great and then I was going about a Chrome Woods and I think I had maybe 
maybe 5k to go and dehydration absolutely shut me down and i i had a a report i put up on imre over the race and uh that kind of detail exactly what happened i just ran out of fluids and it was nothing to do with fitness it was nothing to do with you know how strong i was or how fast it was it was purely hydration and i think if if you can nail all those little things on the head that have nothing to do with fitness um i think you can you can usually have a fairly a fairly good race or at least race as as close as you can to your your full ability on race day yeah and do you have a coach and or are you coaching yourself i coach myself i've never i've never actually had a coach really i i think that um i suppose for for my for my job and stuff it's kind of hard to uh, to have a coach like i can't really do the whole you know session tuesday session thursday short hill <laughs> and long run on sunday like i've a i've a 24 hour shift on thursday and i can't sleep so yeah. it's kind of hard to get a get a track session and then when you're when you're working for 24 hours and then obviously i'm going to come off on friday i'll have no sleep so i'll have to have a nap and then i'll probably go for a shuffle and then have a second nap in the afternoon to try and catch up on a sleep that i lost so like I would, I would look at what other people are doing, and I'd I'd read up on the sport and I'd look into the science. And I I think nobody knows your body better than you. Like if you look at, say, Steve Scullion, like when he goes for a marathon, his his kind of plan or race, it will be he would only have a coffee and maybe a gel just before the start, and he'd have a he'd have a lot of food the day before. But I'd be the complete opposite. I'd have a huge breakfast. And I'd be on a start line eating a jam donut and having a red butter. <laughs> Just if it works for you, then it works for you. And I think yeah, I, I saw that in one of your race reports. All right, um, that I think the day before you were in the supermarket and happily stocking up on with as many carbs as you as you could, um, and just I suppose that to play devil's advocate and for a second, um, do you think that this? quantity and level of racing like doing two road marathons back to back now granted two fantastic results and two wins and all going well you'll be up there in the podium at the weekend 10 race wins out of 15 and the other five races i think we're all podiums as well in, in imra do you think that that's sustainable um or for example on the roads and this is maybe more specific for the roads as opposed to the mountains but i'm sure you have very ambitious plans in the mountains as well like 238 and 235 are fantastic wins on the road but perhaps a person with your abilities could be down around the low 220s so what's your plan for the next whatever 12 months 18 months is it to race as much as you can get as many wins as you can or is it maybe to sacrifice some of the quantity to get a little bit more quality and take that in, in the in the most respectful way possible because a win is a win but you know what i mean in terms of say a road marathon i'm sure you'd love to go low 220s for example yeah i would but i don't i don't think road marathons are really top of um the priority list why i was like i've, I've a load of races signed up for this year i have i'm, I'm nearly racing every week like i had i had Stone Cross. I had the two marathons. I have Eco Trail on Saturday. I have two races in Kievena. I have a couple of cross country races. I have <laughs> Glen Marathon. 
And for me, <laughs> the, the, the list goes on, <laughs> and the wins continue. <laughs> for me, it's 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 not really like there there's there's probably not really a a physical benefit or a physiological benefit of doing two races, two marathons in two weeks, and then with Eco Trail, it's going to be three marathon plus races in three weeks. But for me, it's definitely the kind of mental side of you know no one's asking you to do a marathon one week after doing one before and you're going to go on the start line and you'll be you'll be tired and you'll be sore and you know you won't feel like doing it but to then have the resilience to make that decision say well i'm still going to do it anyway and to be able to run from the first gate to 42k with you know stiffness in the legs and you're feeling tired i think that will translate somewhere down the line when it comes to a to a trial race for the world's next year and i'm i'm after going out too hard and i'm i'm 30k in and i have some like eddie o'connor breathing down the back of my neck and i've dylan mcavoy coming up as well to to be able to be in that place before where it was it was it was sore you were you were tired but you still got through it i think that will pay dividends somewhere down the line eight months time nine months time when I'm going for a trial that I've been there in the past when I've wanted to do it and um, when no one made me do it. And now when there's something on the line, I, I, I think having that kind of bit of grit will maybe make the difference in winning a race or winning a trial or something down the line. That's what I'm hoping if, uh, if all things go to plan anyway. Yeah. Um, talk to me a little bit more and about, the ambition on the mountains and the trails. So, because I think from listening to you, um, the, the two road marathons, one of them was by chance and another one, maybe you just signed up for it to enjoy, to enjoy it and to test out the mind and the body, as you said. But it sounds like your your real love is on the mountains and on the trails. Um, what are your ambitions for the next two or three years on the mountains and the trails? Because you've had an incredible first two years i think it's only about what two three years in the mountains so far race win after race win you had your first um first couple of irish caps this year as well and we can talk about that in a second and um, you, you can see that you're ambitious and you want to go as far as you can how far do you think that you can go or, or where would you like to go on the trails and on the mountains uh from from this year anyway i've decided that it's, it's definitely the longer stuff that i want um, okay. I, I I wasn't really sure when I started last year. Like I was kind of doing everything that sort of came my way. But since I started in a few ultras this year, that's when I that's what I what I really want to do. So the the plan now is working towards the world champs in Austria. They're on in June next year. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So kind of everything is kind of working back from them. So like I've I've been looking at booking a chalet for a month in May to try and go over there get used to the altitude and i'm i'm working off probably march will be when a when a trial is and then you know two months previous there might be a trial for you know the the celtic cup and everything that i'm going to be doing now from i suppose when when the euros finished in july up until i'd say february everything is geared towards the world the world's the world's world everything is geared towards that and i want to really give it a good crack like i was i was 29th in Europe this year mm. in in the 47k in Lakama. Yeah. And I know I can do a whole lot better. Like like there was there was so much that I had that I knew I should be doing. Like I I knew I should get the mileage up. I knew I should get the elevation up. 
I knew I should be doing the sessions. I knew I probably have a kilo or two of weight that I could drop. I knew I should have, uh, you know, um, rested a bit more. I could have got better sleep. I could have hydrated better and all these little things. If I, if I can implement them now, by the time the world's come around, um, I think I'll be in a, in a much better place and then see how that goes. I don't know if I want to go further than that into kind of the, the proper ultras, like the 80 Ks and, I've had this this fantasy of doing a Wicklow round since last year. I was, I was trying to do it last Christmas, um, but I didn't didn't get around to it. So it's on the back of my mind. It's an itch that I'm wanting to scratch. So uh, it's it's definitely the the longer stuff that I'll be I'll be pushing for in the next few years. Okay, it's great to hear the ambition, and there really is. And and just to put that into context for the listeners, the the 29th that you got in Europe this year, I think there was maybe only about 60 people in the race. So to be to be 29th, to be in the top 50% of Europe, that's a very good stepping stone. Certainly, what was I when I was running on Irish teams, I, I was I was good enough to make the Irish teams, and but I was never good enough to to compete in the top 10%, 20%. So a, a good a good um, goal for me was always to try and be in the top 50% of the field. Sometimes I got it, sometimes I didn't. So I think for your first international championship, to get in the top half of the field is a great place to start. And it sounds like you want to just keep on pushing on, pushing on. And I saw this year you went to, to Austria, to Gross Lochner, to try the uphill only race there as well, which I'm sure was just a massive step up and standard again. But just like what Zach has shown us over the last couple of years, when he's been going abroad to race against the very best in Europe, that's what you need to do, isn't it? You need to go and race against the very best in Europe. And I'm sure you picked up lots of things in La Palma from seeing the Italians, the French and the Spanish all kicking ass over there. Yeah, it's it's massively different to what you'd experience here. You know, like if I go to a race here, you're probably looking at have, having a good chance of winning. And then when you go to somewhere in Europe, you're just getting hockeyed and you can't even see the winners who are, who are so far ahead. So I think that's that's really what's needed if you want to compete in Europe. So you get used to kind of organise yourself for flights and how you deal with the stress of that. And are you drinking enough water on the flights? You know, are you are you wearing the right shoes in the airport? Are your legs getting stiff then? And, you know, kind of getting used to the whole atmosphere of being abroad, I think, you need to get used to it. So when you go to the, the major champs, it's not so much of a culture shock. Like the first first time that I ran for Ireland, it was nearly this time last year, it was Nations Cup over in Kievena. And I was absolutely starstruck, absolutely gobsmacked. I, I, I just thought I was an imposter, that I, I shouldn't be there. I don't deserve to be there. You know, you see all the, all the countries with their lovely kit and their flags and whatever. And you think, what am I doing here? You know, I should be here. Mm-hmm. But then the more you kind of get used to it and the more you race, you think I actually deserve to be here. And, you know, I'm, I've earned my right to race here just as much as anyone else. And I think take, taking that, that shock away when you go to the, to the big champs can, can definitely help because you're not as nervous then you can, you can race to your own ability. You're not worrying about what other people are doing or what other people are thinking. And I think that's, that's probably how I've had some, I suppose, decent enough races in, I suppose, in Irish Fest last year relative to my own performance. You know, I don't think that I had any bad races. I was never up near the top, but I think I I raced close enough to the best that I could um, by just kind of 
getting used to all these little new things that that come with with racing abroad yeah um, and of course the weather a big factor as well racing in heat in the high 20s and the low 30s just that we don't get at home at all so uh, you know you, you probably do need to factor in a little bit of warm weather training as well like in the build-up to these championships i'm sure for austria next year it's going to be hot there as well and um, of all the the wins that you've had over the last year or two and is there any one that stands out as a real joyous moment um, I'm sure qualifying for La Palma what was a great day and guaranteeing your spot on the team um, is there anything else that that pops out uh probably wasn't a win in terms of in terms of podium finishes but a win in my eyes was was definitely racing over in uh Nations Cup last year in Kivena mm-hmm. it was it was it was it was a substitute for the world. So the worlds are planned for Thailand and then yeah. they couldn't go with COVID. So I think I think the rumor was that Italy had a huge budget and uh, it was set aside for the worlds. And if they don't use it, they'll lose it. So they said, we'll host the Nations Cup then for anyone who qualified. And I did the world's, the world trial. It was in uh, Logan Quilla and I was, I was third. I didn't make the qualifying time and that was grand. Like I was, I was happy enough. And then I get an email from Leo a while later and he said, um, you know, Bally Valley Bladders, Nations Cup going ahead, would you run? And I said, absolutely, of course I will. And I got picked then and it was it was great. And like last year was just just a, a really challenging time, I'd say. Like I had a lot of things kind of going wrong. Like I was I was on a course in work, a career course, and like that that was going terrible I was failing everything and everything was going wrong and kind of felt like a bit of a bit of a failure and then that kind of carried over to the relationship that I was in at the time and like that suffered as well and that fell apart and then I suppose the three main things that I was focusing on would, would have been running and uh, the course that I was on and the relationship and then I've I've lost two of them um by September and I was, I was kind of kind of in a bit of no man's land like I, I didn't have anything to anything to work for like run season had just kind of finished and you know I I, I spent the last six months thinking I was you know, I was a failure and you know not good or anything and then going to Nations Cup it completely completely flipped it you know and I was we had we had wreckage the, the end of the course like it, it comes down a bit of a kind of a lane along the river and then you take a left, you go through some cobblestones. And um, I was I was coming in the cobblestones and I, I was having a good race. Like I was I was second out of the four Irish, which for me, you know, was was huge. Like and I was just coming down the cobblestones and I kind of realized that look you've you you've finished it, you know, you've you've had a good race and you're actually good at something, you're something to be to be proud of. Like mm. and I remember just crossing the finish line and said nothing. I just Walked around the corner, sat down, absolutely bawled my eyes out. Ab- in absolute, you know, it was, like, it was like a waterfall. Couldn't contain myself. It was just this huge wave of emotion. It was it kind of, it was like everything that you've done, you know, the last six months, everything that went wrong. The one thing that you still had was, was running. And you are good at something. And like, that's the thing that you enjoy. That's the thing that you like the most. So you need to kind of do it as much as you can. And 
from then it just gave me a completely different outlook on running completely you know um mm-hmm. absolutely fell in love with it absolutely fell in love with it and uh having looked back since and i think that was the kind of driving force for giving hills a, a good good kind of crack then you know and trying to take things a bit more seriously because yeah. i realized how how much it does mean to me you know to be to be to be good at something and to have something to be too proud of you know so that was, sure. that, was that was probably the 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 catalyst that kind of got things going then for, for the last year yeah and was that then the winter when you were running a lot of cross country with your running club Slaney Olympic and I think you were county champions as well or was that the winter before that that was the same winter yeah 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 the same so, winter yeah. so when everything was going well you were running well in the cross country too picking up championship county championship medals there as well so it was all coming together nicely for you yeah it was all coming together nicely and it gave me a good a good foundation for for the start of this year and the only issue was once I finished with the cross country there was kind of nothing else going on so I didn't have any races to kind of check my fitness or to see how I was getting on and then I didn't have anything to kind of to kind of work towards and then my training kind of kind of dropped and then I got to February and there was the trial for the Celtic Cup and I realized I haven't been doing sessions I haven't been doing long runs I haven't been doing hills and I, I kind of felt a bit behind so so that's why I'm kind of racing so much now is to give me something to work for and to always have a kind of fitness check every few weeks just to see how I'm keeping on um so I don't get to February and you know be missing out on long runs and sessions and hills so hoping to to stay in good shape for February that way yeah isn't it wonderful how running racing and training can be just a a therapy for for so many other problems that are going on in in life Um, and do you feel that You've got a good balance back in the now that you're obviously your your running is is better than ever, you know, performance after performance. Do you do you think that the other parts of the triangle in life are, are balancing themselves out as well in terms of um, if, if, if the course didn't quite work out? The other part of the triangle, your your work life is going back okay again. You've got a good circle of friends, maybe a new partner, maybe you're, maybe not. I suppose the reason why I ask is because I think running can be a great therapy, but we don't want to put all our eggs in the one basket either because then maybe an injury comes along or we have a bad performance and then we get really down because we can't run anymore. And we need to have just the other parts of our life, you know, in a healthy place as well. So do you feel you've reestablished the, the, the three sides of the triangle again yeah absolutely and um what i what i learned from that is um you can just like i said you can put all your eggs in one basket and when one thing doesn't work out then you don't really have have anything else that you're you're kind of filling your your time with so i'd recommend it, like anyone who's who's um focusing on something you know to a to a high level have something else to do on the side so if you're yeah. all into running, you know, do something like, you know, learn to, I don't learn to crochet or grow a few plants or, you know, something so that if you have an injury, there's something else that you can focus on. And even something like I used to do um, a few months ago, I was, I, w- I was trying to, you know, slowly get to bed a little bit earlier and, you know, do it a little bit more running and 
a little bit more stretching. So I, I start to read like three pages a day. And then if I read a book and just read three pages, well, at least it's a small achievement. And then you mm-hmm. can get a bit of motivation for that and then transfer it to, I'm going to do a little bit more stretching and I'll do a little bit more core and I'll do a little bit more distance. And then all those kind of small wins that have nothing to do with 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 running, they build momentum and then they can help you with getting a bit of motivation for all the things that are going to help you with running. So definitely have a have a large portfolio of uh, things to do and things that you can you can see progress with because when one thing doesn't go to plan and you've nothing else on the horizon, things can it's it's very easy to lose motivation and then it's hard to kind of get those habits back and get back into the saddle then you know yeah absolutely well that pretty much covers off the last question then that i was going to ask you about what tips would you have and what's your what are your top tips for the listeners just before we sign off and you covered it beautifully there and um, but what i might just finish off and then is that the listeners probably don't realize that you're actually a national senior track medalist as well with a bronze medal in the steeplechase um, from back in 2017. Um, any plans to go back onto the track and uh, the steeplechase anytime soon? No, not, not a chance. <laughs> the, the steeplechase medal was funny. I was, I was actually fourth and I was well behind the top three. And then I think it was, I think it was Jamie Rossiter. He, he was DNF'd. He stepped inside the track and yeah, and then I got bumped up from fourth to third. So it was, um, <laughs> yeah, as as luck would have it. So I had a bit of imposter syndrome standing up on the podium there at my, my bronze medal, but they all count. So I, absolutely, uh, it's a national senior track medal, and uh, not many people have those. Edna. So to have that on top now of a few Irish singlets, and by the sounds of it, plenty more to come. And sure, who knows, maybe a, a top performance and a top individual international medal at some stage. Sure, why not dream big? Um, and uh, thanks a million for a, a wonderful, wonderful interview this evening. Thanks for sharing all that. I'm sure lots of people are going to be inspired um, in, in general for the season and certainly ahead of Race and Eco Trail on Saturday. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in action this coming Saturday. And thanks a million for, for joining us. Thanks, Owen. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much. a wrap for this week everybody thank you to Edna and Rennie from Running Coach Ireland and as I said in the last show great as always to talk to people who share the same passion as we all do from our tribe from the mountain and trail running world of Ireland good luck to everybody participants the Eco Trailblazers running their first trail running race this weekend and of course the organisers of Eco Trail Wicklow in Bray it's going to be a great day out and do pop over to the finish line to say hello and to see in person some great racing live in the Wicklow Mountains. And if you do like the interviews that we do, the training tips from Rennie, of course, as well, please do pop over to patreon.com to support the show if you get a chance, as it does help to keep us going. Everybody, see you in Wicklow on Saturday. See you in Bray. Everybody, get your running gear on. Let's go. Bye.